This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Screencast for the week of whatever week this is in hell. The moon was red yesterday and our president has COVID. Woo! Let's get it going, Tim. How you feeling today? <laughs> what a Friday morning, Nick Scarpino. What the oh, fuck is man. going on in the world? I'm excited to talk that. about some boys. Maybe We're going to talk, talk, talk about some news done this week uh, for sure. Of course, uh, joining us on the show today as well is uh, the master of disaster, clicking heads, ripping them to shreds, making corned beef and some breakfast sandwiches, Mr. Andy Cortez. Yeah, yeah that's me. Guys, guys we'll, I mean, yesterday the boys, very, very shocking so far 2020 just as shocking right like yeah. twists and turns we're talking about crazy crazy plot twists man what a what a what a great time to have it be october you know i just i'm into it let's <laughs> lean into the spookiness and this the terror that's happening in the world today of course ladies and gentlemen this is a screencast where we traditionally talk about news and we will be talking about a lot of news today uh last week i know it was a little bit weird because let's be honest when vin diesel drops a song Tim, the world stops. needs to stop. <laughs> okay. I want that. Where's that energy this week? You know I what don't I mean? Know. But I mean, the man, <laughs> Tim, the just man trying to only... bring some goodness into the world. <laughs> the man can only do a song of that caliber once a month. Okay. You You're can't right. be turning out that kind of level of work and not expect it to take a toll on you. Look at Andy, for Christ's sake. He streamed Halo all day yesterday. He's barely said a word on this podcast. Halo? No, I was playing Mario 35, which is very oh. good. Who was on the Halo stream yesterday? Well, Oh, that Halo. Oh, Greg was playing it. Sorry. All I know, all I know is I I I uh, I, I tuned in and Tim and Greg were on a warthog and Andy <laughs> was just running behind them. <laughs> no, it was it was just was Greg. No, nah, I wasn't playing. I'm I'm just talking along. But yes, it was a very stressful stream because at any point, what I thought was going to happen is the infamous story that Greg tells when he had trouble with OBS and then he broke down and started crying and then yeah. Kevin came to help. Mm-hmm. I thought that was going to happen yesterday where he was going to break down and start crying. Greg Miller was moments away from tears, Andy. I'm right there with you. And I yeah. had fear where I was Me like, too. if we lose this one more time, Greg is going to like hurt someone. Tim, I was trying to laugh it off, but I was so scared. <laughs> I was kind of like, I was trying to like, this is crazy, but I was really worried about our well-being. I think that it, I think that if if Greg Miller it, for him it is cathartic to cry. So let him cry. Let him cry if he wants to cry, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. But do you know who doesn't cry, Tim? Our amazing Patreon producers, Mohammed, Mohammed, and Al, the Predator Tribesmen. They are our oaks. They are our solid-based foundations. We love you very much. Of course, everyone, if you want to get your name read by me on this list, go over to patreon.com slash kindoffunny and back us at that Patreon producers tier, uh, and we'll make a funny little name for you. Just we, like we, we, yeah, we will create fan fiction and add you to the overall cinematic universe. You will be joining in phase three. You will. Yes. You, you're, and you're joining a pantheon of Patreon producers, not oh, least yeah. of which is Momo Squared and Al the Predator Tribesman. Mm-hmm. And I know that it pisses Andy off every time I say Momo Squared because Momo by itself is Momo I, I mean, Nick, a lot of things you do piss me off, and I'm, I'm used to it at this point. I'm still I'm, here. I'm fighting my battles, you know? You know you know who's not here right now, though, is Kevin Coelho. <laughs> he's and I, I just want to bring attention to the fact he's not here because uh, his wife, Paula Coelho, which is still weird. 
Paula Gallagher in my mind, but Paula Coelho to the world uh, just got her wisdom teeth taken out. She was very scared, very scared about that process. So go send some sweet, nasty love to Paula Coelho, which I don't remember her thing. Paula Draws, 1994 or something like that. 24, I think. If I were her, it would be Paula Paula Bills, y'all. Paula Uh, Draws, 24, yeah. Do you all have uh, your wisdom teeth? No, I had mine taken out. I tell the story one time on, on the podcast of how I thought I was tough. I got my wisdom teeth taken out. And the doctor was like, go home, go to the pharmacy, get the Vicodin that I prescribed for you. Immediately take one. Do not wait. In the car, take the fucking Vicodin. And I was like, I feel great because I was still flying high from whatever the hell they gave me. And I got home. My mom's like, do you want a pain pill? I was like, no, I feel I'm fine. I don't know what this guy's talking about. One hour later. I was 16 years old, crying in my mother's arms. It was I was in so much pain. I was like, put it wherever you can. Shove some, shove a pain pill in me. Whatever holds the least tight, stick it up there. Because I, they're just like Nick. We don't need to do that. (laughs) Like Nick, just open your mouth. Like go. No, no. I'll I'll never forget. I got my, I got mine out during Christmas vacation. My cousin Davey was visiting from Arkansas, Um, and you got to do Christmas vacation that way. You know, it's less of a hassle, Barrett. You got to kind of. You can be away from the people. Yeah, yeah and exactly. I was really, you can I rest was in really... bed all week and be really high, and it's not a problem. Yeah, and I was playing Spider-Man on PS2, a lot of fun, and I was also wow. playing uh, GTA Vice City oh, on wow. PS2. So it was a great Christmas vacation, but here's the problem that I had. I went from eating a slice of pizza pretty much every day because they would sell a little pizza by the slice at school. I went from pizza every day to a Christmas vacation where I was – two and a half weeks without pizza and then i got my wisdom teeth out and then my brother brought home like the best looking peter piper pizza for all the family and i could not eat the peter piper pizza the pizza the people pick i couldn't eat it dude wisdom teeth and then i was talking too much i was chattering i was chit-chattering i was yapping my gums uh, way too much during christmas mm-hmm. break and i got infected stitches. got infected yeah. yeah i had to go back and like well, you get out the infection you get what you deserve, Andy. That's what they say in this world. You know what else you deserve, ladies and gentlemen? Awesome merchandise. Go over to kindoffunny.com slash store, where I think the exclusive anime shirt that we did a while back is gone now because well, y'all so slept on it. But it, we got it, more. It, it was an RTX exclusive, uh, Nick, as far as I'm concerned, yes. as far as I'm being told. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now it's all gone. If but you didn't get it. The Funhouse kind of funny anime shirt still exists. The better one of the two, I say. And if you don't I like say. Funhouse, you could pretend the Funhouse girl is just like a friend, like a, just another random friend. <laughs> That's you know? how I like to pretend, Danny. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> of course, ladies and gentlemen, this episode of Screencast is brought to you by Honey and Bespoke Post. But we're going to get to those a little, a little bit later. For now, uh, here, everyone, we got some feedback last week. Everyone was like, hey, what happened to the news? We're still going to talk about news on this show uh, as we review The Boys, this, uh, episode seven today, episode eight, the season finale uh, next week. Uh, but there's so much good news. We got to go into it. Tim, roll mm-hmm. the news graphic. News. There it is. Top on the news stories, ladies and gentlemen. And this one was one that I was like, no, this is going to get debunked. But I talked to Tim, and Tim is my verifiable source because he always tells me whether or not the Reddit kids understand if this is debunked or not. Jamie Foxx coming back as Electro for the next crossover of Sony slash Marvel Spider-Man movies. This is well, a true thing that's happening. To be clear here, the, not the crossover movies, the MCU. Spider-Man. The MCU, Far From Home Spider-Man yeah. Homecoming, the, the third the sequel third installment in that, yeah, that will have home in the title. That was confirmed by Amy Pascal yesterday. That's so important. That's we, important. Yeah, we don't know. We don't home, know what that's going to be. Home away from home. Home away from home. Home, home sweet sick. home. Sick. 
my home, homies. Sweet home, Alabama. Sweet home, Alabama. Rolling Alabama. with the homies. Yes. Oh. Spider-Man rolling with the homies. That would be the shit. <laughs> uh, Jamie Foxx, of course, who played Sp- uh, the Electro in the Andrew Garfield star. Uh, amazing Spider-Man 2 is finally in the talks for a prize role. I actually, like, I saw this and I saw some hate going Jamie Foxx's way. And I was like, I get that people didn't like that movie or they didn't like his specific portrayal of that but i feel like with a different director and if i'm not mistaken tim i think the the director of the third movie is the one who's directed the first two john watts yes yeah i feel like jamie fox is a great actor who could really bring something to the role i mean i totally agree and i know a lot of people don't like amazing spider-man 2 and like you just said it's like even the his portrayal of electro it's not so much just that they didn't like i don't think there's anyone that didn't like jamie fox Fox. as electro it was more just what he was given to do the bigger question i have and this is a big one is there's a lot of assumptions being made about jamie fox coming back as electro is it gonna be a j jonah jameson type situation where the it's the actor coming back but playing a different version of the same character or is this amazing spider-man 2's electro in spider-man 3 via some multiverse shenanigans uh, there's a great know, tweet there's cool. a great tweet by uh one funky lou medina lewis medina at kino wolf who mm-hmm. doesn't like any publicity he doesn't like being talked about but he's our friend and we love him very much mm-hmm. lewis is very very entrenched in the mcu and comics and the world and he's sort of he, he has a very good grasp on a lot of the knowledge um and with all the rumors of wandavision and doctor strange uh into the multiverse of madness whatever the fuck they're calling it uh what do they call it the multiverse of madness the multiverse of madness yeah got it uh lewis me did a tweets i'm going to be honest with you guys if wandavision doctor strange 2 and spider-man 3 are all about multiverse stuff the concept is going to overstay its welcome very fast and i kind of agree i kind of agree here's the thing i get where why you would agree with that but you also need to remember if that's just three movies of 20 It's not going to be that bad. It, yeah. I actually like if they are setting up something that's going to be followed up in different movies where there's actual consequences from the movie before it, even if it's not in a direct sequel lineage, because that's what the MCU does best, right? And it's like, yes, hearing about these three sounds like a lot, but you need to remember those three in between that, there's going to be seven other projects. I guess we also are sort of assuming in a lot here, right? Because we, who even knows if this is even part of some sort of multiverse, but... uh yeah, I'm with, I'm with you guys when it comes to Jamie Foxx. I love him as an actor. I think he's fantastic. I don't think that role was super great for him. I hope it may be different direction this time. I'm glad he's getting a second shot at it. Yeah. I just I love his screen presence. I think he's fucking awesome. I always think of when I think of Jamie Foxx as like a, a role that I love as this antagonist. I think of uh, I think of Baby, uh, Driver. Baby Driver. Baby Driver. Yeah, I think yeah. he's fantastic in that, and he's just always been one of these awesome actors that can kind of just be anybody and it's immediately believable except for electro and spider-man 2 because you know what i think about when i think of electro and spider-man 2 i think of that god-awful hans zimmer song dude oh the dubstep they lied to me they hated me remember remember that song where he's like chanting yeah Mm -hmm. god right who can forget I hope oh, they bring it back. God. I hope they bring it back, but in like the best way possible, where it just makes us all laugh about how bad that movie was. Like, oh, maybe, maybe like he's listening to it on his like his iPhone or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so terrible. And then he's like, "Fuck this song." Or sucks they, so yeah, they're bad. like listening to like uh like a there YouTube like rapper kid, and he's doing Why it. Did, and they're like, oh, "How God. do you have that so close to, uh, at hand all the time, Tim? How do you just have 
It's right there. Can you see number 11? No, it's a little blurly, but you can read it to us. The Electro Suite. Oh, God. It's such a bad song, dude. What? That's one where, like, Hans Zimmer, you got to, like, not experiment. Just do what you know, bro. Uh, (laughs) So what's interesting to me about the, the, you know, kind of coming up with the hypothesis of where these stories might be going and, like, the idea that, because Jeremy Conrad, who is, like, a a Marvel fanatic and that guy that, like, talks about the stuff a lot he was tweeting he's just like i mean imagine this it is wandavision setting up breaking the multiverse then it's spider-man having to kind of deal with the multiverse issues and then it's dr strange having to come in and fix it all Mm, and it's like that's interesting that kind of lines up in some cool storytelling that would make sense the reason i don't fully believe that and granted everything is changing because of covid but spider-man was supposed to originally come out before dr strange but because Mm. of sam raimi coming in to direct and because of the Uncharted movie with uh, Tom Holland, everything's getting kind of shifted around and moved. But it's interesting to look at MCU and like how these changes are uh, happening because we know that certain movies and shows are going to affect the chronological nature of some of these release dates. So I don't know. But either way, I'm tr- totally trusting of them. And I, I believe they're going to make something super dope out of this. And it's just like Jamie Foxx is awesome. So yeah. If you can't go whether wrong. yeah and it's like putting the amazing spider-man 2 electro in the mcu i think that's a taller order of yeah but trying to like is, make that work but i think they could do it the thing is this i don't i don't think it's that big of a of a of a problem and i think the reason is is the, the big issue i had with that character was he, he his motivations were highly lacking and that he just didn't give much to do with this creative team that's doing the the spider-man movies now and Jamie Foxx's unbelievable talent. Come on, it's it's a no brainer. They're gonna they're gonna utilize him. They had a they had an amazing uh, tool in their arsenal that they just didn't utilize for that second Spider Man movie. And now that Jamie Foxx is let him unleash him, he's gonna look cool. It'll be fine. However, they decide to get him in there, it's gonna be great. And I mean, you know, we are ten years into this. We have been proven wrong over and over and over again. Anytime we've doubted the MCU, anytime we've doubted their choices. Yeah, you've never been wrong. That's true. But I've, <laughs> but I've certainly, we've, I think we've all sort of doubted, sort of decisions when decisions when we read these news breaks and we say, really, they're doing that? Oh, that's gonna be weird. And then it always works out because they know what the fuck they're doing and they have a vision. So I believe in it, man. Speaking of that, ladies and gentlemen, more Marvel casting news. After all, oh, this comes from Deadline.com. After a long and hard search, Marvel has found it's Miss Marvel. The studio has tapped a newcomer, Iman Vellani, to star in the Disney Plus series based on the comic book character Marvel and the streamer recently named uh, Adil El Arbi and Bilal Falal. Uh, a couple more people as directors on the project. So they have like four uh, directors in the project. Uh, Tim, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, I'm super stoked about it. Like, there's been a lot of rumors going around about the, the casting for the Hawkeye show and for Miss Marvel and She-Hulk. And I was surprised that She-Hulk was the first one to get official casting a couple weeks back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with that, we knew that that meant that coming soon was Miss Marvel based on the planned production schedule for the shows. Uh, I'm just stoked that they went with somebody that is a total up-and-comer, someone brand new, and that is very young. Miss Marvel needs to be very young and somebody that is going to be potentially in the MCU for the next 20 years. You know, it's yeah. like uh, she will be the the youngest person that of a major role than Peter Parker thus far. Like we've gotten little characters that are younger, like the, the little girl from Ant-Man could potentially go somewhere one day and, you know, all that. But like 
Miss Marvel being she's, she's gonna yeah, big kid. Uh, <laughs> but like she's gonna be a starring character. I mean, like, look, even just look at the Avengers video game. It's like she is the star of that game. Like Marvel's looking at Miss Marvel as a star character, as the future leader of the different groups. And I think that getting her in young is, is gonna be really, really beneficial to them, especially, you know, kind of nailing all of the uh like nationality side of all of this yeah it's huge for representation i have a, a tweet here from tomorrow who's saying that i think is is super cool and important uh he tweets out still thinking about the miss marvel casting daughter of pakistani immigrants someone able to represent muslim background with authenticity a complete unknown poise to change the lives of countless south asian girls unreal that's that's so great dude like to see somebody this young break into a role this gigantic again when i first read the news my first thought was, oh, this is for the new cartoon, maybe. This is for the new whatever. I did not, I didn't really see and read the full article that it was the actual live action thing. And that made me so much more happy because I feel like we'll hear these, you know, we'll hear awesome news about, you know, people from marginalized backgrounds or just people of color getting roles in cartoon voices. And that's mm -hmm. always cool and stuff. But when it's live action, and when it's a Marvel impact. property and yeah. when it's going to be on screen in front of that many people in front of an audience where she will be sharing the screen with Tom Holland, with the Guardians of the Galaxy, like all sorts of shit like that. I think it's just so much more important. And it's it's really fucking awesome, dude. Yeah, that is indeed. Tim, you uh, you slacked us a picture here of what she could yeah. potentially look like in the costume. And that's awesome. Barrett, I don't know if you have the Could capabilities to, to bring that up, but that'd be pretty dope. Boss Logic. Yeah, of course. Boss Logic. Yeah. Boss Logic. Did an amazing mock-up of what it's she might really look sick. like as Captain Marvel, and it's it's really sick. But all of the Disney, yeah, there we go. Uh, all the Disney Plus shows, um, it, it's cool to see them kind of like take fruition. And you know, I love that here we have Miss Marvel with this new up and comer. Will there be cameos from Captain Marvel in it? Like, will we get Brie Larson in that stuff? Like, that could be cool. But I love that something like this can be aside. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier that it's like oh no no the stars from the movies are in this show you know and same thing with WandaVision like it's just what a crazy future we have ahead of us with with all of this stuff and I just hope that they continue to knock it out of the park as much as they have so far me oh, yeah, I, I, I had a mistake I kept saying like movies or whatever but just like the fact that it's a live action Marvel yeah live action yeah, yeah. but they've already said she will be in the movies no that's cool as ice yeah. what a great what a great career move for her she's like I am set I am set for 25 years. Yeah, yeah. Robert Downey Jr. wrote this fucking thing from like 2004 on, man. We are good. Good for her. Glad you love to see it, ladies and gentlemen. You know what else you love to see, Tim? Mm. The Karate Kid. Oh, yeah. It's true. That's what you love to see. And I can't tell you how fucking excited I am that you're on the Karate Kid hype train with me and Josh Makuga. Andy, get on the right side of the law right now, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing, Nick. I haven't talked about this on the show yet. But uh, I, my, all my friends have started watching Cobra Kai because originally it came out on YouTube, YouTube. Originals. Yeah. And so that, that's kind of limiting its audience, right? But then Netflix – transferred it over to them and like signed a deal to like continue the show. And just today we found out that uh, it is coming out. Do we have the details here? January uh, 8th, 2021. Yeah, January 2021. Season, Kai, three. season three, season and one and two are already there. And they've greenlit a fourth season, which speaks very, very highly for a Netflix show. Cause generally and Tim, correct me if I'm wrong, but they usually cancel shit after the third season. Uh, so I think this, I'm not, I'm, I don't have uh, the inside track on this, but I think from what I've heard, Netflix thinks this is the greatest show ever made. 
So it is something like that. I, I am I'm blanking on the name of the show right now, but I saw Eric Goldman earlier uh, tweeting about this. He's like, yeah, Netflix usually has the three season rule, yeah. but they've been trying something different uh, with a couple different shows. Lucifer was the one where oh, they man, found a lot of success of picking up a show that wasn't really working out somewhere else. It gained success from just the library content and then mm. they commit to more seasons from there. So I, we're it's- kind of seeing that here. It's a smart business model because you're picking it up at a, at a lower cost. You don't have to front all that cost of the development for it, and you don't have to worry about it. They probably pick it up for a steal because what's the alternative? They're going to cancel the show. They pick it up. They put it on here. For for Cobra Kai, though, and I think this will be the surprising aspect for you, I'll be interested to hear your thoughts on watching that as a quote-unquote Netflix show because I watched it as a YouTube property, and I think that really worked wonders for uh the show itself at for setting my expectation which was and the like below the basement as far yeah. as what i expected and when i watched it i was like oh my god this show actually is very very good it's just a little bit on this side of good production value that i'm like i can buy all this stuff and of course I think yeah. netflix has put a little bit more money into it now um but i'll be and we're going to be tracking this with you cuz once you're done with the karate kid movies i want a report on that a full book report on karate kid 1 2 and 3 and the new karate kid with Hilary Swank. and then the i want the next karate kid turn out the new karate kid yeah show some and respect I, nick i, I my apologies. Hillary, the the swank okay <laughs> andy, i love i love andy, him telling you to right show now. some respect <laughs> well yeah. no and i uh, listen, so here's the thing i i'm watching all these movies for essentially the first time me and g are committed we're we're going in we're going to watch them all and then cobra kai season 1 and 2 leading up to season 3 uh, but I, I've seen bits and pieces of Karate Kid 1, 2, and 3, and obviously there's so many pop culture moments that I'm just like, I obviously know this shit, right? So far in my watch log, I've only seen Karate Kid 1, and I am so fucking in. But growing up, the next Karate Kid played on repeat on Disney Channel. So I, I'm very familiar with that one. So that's what I'm saying. It shows some respect. That is I wa- amazing. I want to call attention. This is one spoiler for you, if I may, Tim. I just want to give it a hype spoiler. If it's a hype mm-hmm. spoiler, I plan on watching it. So please, don't. It, this is just, it's a quick little. It'll get you going, Andy. If, you, okay. if, you're, if you're on the cusp of it, this will rock you over to the right side of okay. the Okay, good to know. Good to know. Uh, one of the songs, of course, from the original Karate Kid that was a banger was Bananarama's "Cruel Summer." Cruel Summer, okay, right. Yeah. And of course, that's been redone a couple times. But there is a moment in season two of Cobra Kai where they do that song again, and it is the fucking slapping. It I is just got 20, chills. 20, I, mean, I, need to, I want to keep going shit. right now. Why are we doing the show? I just want to watch I some don't, fucking Because we got to talk man. about something else that's great, which is The Boys, which is amazing. Uh, of course, we're going to do that, though, right after this break where we talk about our amazing sponsors, the first of which, Tim, is Honey. Let me tell you guys, these days, it feels like online shopping is the only way to go, and it's the only thing that we really do. That's where today's sponsor, Honey, comes in. It's the free browser extension that scours the internet for promo codes and automatically tests them when you're checking out. Uh, we've used Honey a bunch of times. Tim uses it in his private life. Kevin uses it in both his private life and his professional life as our production coordinator and technical ops manager here. He has saved this uh, this uh, company, hundreds if not thousands of dollars, which I personally like uh, because I like money and I like saving money and I like getting cool stuff. That's Nick, where honey. You should be in. using Honey too, man. If you're not, you're messing up. It's free. It's one click. You install it once, and then it's just it's true. saving money forever. Anytime you're buying anything on any online store, whether it's Etsy or Best Buy, come on. Here's how it works, ladies and gentlemen. You get, you get Honey on your computer for free, like Tim said, just two easy clicks. Then when you're checking out on one of its over 30,000 supporting sites, Honey pops up, and all you have to do is click apply 
coupons or coupons, depending on what area you're from. Uh, wait a few seconds as Honey searches for the coupon for that site. If Honey finds working codes, it'll apply the best one to your cart. Honey has found it's over 17 million members, over $2 billion in savings. Uh, Honey supports all kinds of retailers from tech and gaming sites to fashion brands and even food delivery. Uh, it's simple. If you have a computer, Honey should be on it. It's free and works wherever your browser, uh, whatever browser you use. You can get Honey for free today at joinhoney.com slash morning. That's joinhoney.com slash morning so they know that we sent you. Uh, thanks, Honey, for supporting this episode. Next up, we got Bespoke Post. This fall, as you get back into the swing of things, Bespoke Post has brand new seasonal box of awesome collections for you guys, guaranteed to upgrade your life. Whether it's gear to upgrade your autumn craft uh, beers or cozy threads for when the temperature dips, Bespoke Post only sends guys the best stuff every month. No matter what you're into, a box of awesome has you covered from style and grooming goods to, to barware, cooking tools, and outdoor gear. Box of Awesome has collections for every part of your life. Tim, we've actually been using it. We, we've had a lot of Box of Awesome stuff come through. I think you, Kevin got some Hue lights. You got some shoes or something. And then Blessing, I think Joey got it. Yeah, no, it's cool because cool, yeah, Blessing got shoes. Uh, Kevin got some Hughes, Hue lights. Joey got some Hue lights too. Um, but it's just great. You just go to the site and you can do a quiz and it decides like what you're looking for, what the things you might like. And they just kind of curate little boxes for you. Whether Like they do a nice little like bar keep kit. Mm-hmm. Like there's just cool stuff. Go check I'm, it out. Box I'm, of I'm awesome. Definitely fun I'm stuff. Gonna look, I'm gonna look into Andy, go, Andy, here's you go. You go, go get started. Go take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick that box of awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. It's free to sign up and you can skip a month or cancel anytime. Each box costs only 45 bucks and has over $70 worth of gear inside. Get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code morning at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com. Code morning for 20% off your first box. Get over there. It's fun. They got some cool stuff, man. They got a lot of like tools and stuff that I mm. want. Tim, I'm yes. buying them all. I'm Do getting it. them all. All right. Yep. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, that's it for the news right now. There's a few other stories, but they're not as important as those first few that we did. Uh, I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about Bill and Ted's, but since neither of you watched it, we'll just move on. Uh, now it's time for the boys. I watched Bill and Ted. Did you? Yeah. What'd you think of it? I mean, it's exactly what it needed to be. <laughs> yeah. There's some numbers that came out on it. I just think it's interesting as one of the, the, one of the other movies that has come out that went straight to VOD. Apparently it made $32 million on, uh, it's not VOD, sorry, PVOD purchase video pr- produced and on demand. What's that? Premium. Thank you. Video yeah. on demand. Uh, 32 million and it made 3.3 million in the theatrical run. Uh, and they're saying it might actually, a couple people who have, who have analyzed this over on the Reddit are saying that it might actually uh, make a profit, which is fascinating. A, because the movie is what it is and B, because <laughs> it's actually be in the theatrical run. So we'll continue to monitor that. I'm, I'm interested to see how the, all of these movies do once they go to premium video on demand. Um, and then of course there was a gentleman TV show that I'm sure we'll get me and Kevin will get tweeted out because we're, uh, we're just getting bombarded. We love the gentleman. If you guys haven't watched that movie, it's great. They're making uh, a TV show out of it. If you haven't heard that, that's very, very cool news. The gentleman. What is that? Uh... That's the Matthew McConaughey um, Guy it. Ritchie movie, and, and Matthew McConaughey is reprising the role. So that's going to be really, really cool. Right. Uh, and then, of course, last news story for today that I do, I do want to quickly go over is uh, Robert Zemeckis has remade The Witches, and we don't need it. This movie terrified me as a child. Yes. It was supposed to come out in theaters, going straight to HBO Max. I'm going to call my local HBO provider and ask them to not display it for me because it's terrifying. <laughs> did you all, did you all, um, what's, what's the Halloween movie with the three witches? Hocus, Hocus Pocus. Pocus. Did you all like, 
when you were a kid, did you want the the blonde witch to like put spells on you and do stuff? You're talking you? about Sarah Jessica Parker? Yeah. Yeah. Because like as bro. a kid, I like I want I, I had a crush on the blonde witch. Yeah, Not Sarah Jessica was... Parker, just the blonde witch. Oh, just the blonde witch. I just you know what I mean? I had a crush on, on Carrie from Sex and the City for for a hot minute up until about a week ago. Oh. But what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Oh Move man, on. hold on. There's one more news story that I do want to go over. Yeah, because this yeah. is really you sad. Have to. Yeah. Somebody fucking punched Rick Moranis. Somebody attacked Rick Moranis on the street of New York City. The 67-year-old went to the hospital with pain in his head, back, and hip. Rick Moranis was randomly, this is over on The Hollywood Reporter, randomly attacked in New York City on Thursday. The beloved actor who recently made headlines after showing up in a Mint Mobile ad was punched in the face by an unknown suspect, police told The Hollywood Reporter. The attack occurred in broad daylight just before 7.30 a.m. on Central Park West near 70. Street. Uh, he went to the hospital with pain in his head, hip, and back before uh, going to a station to report the crime. Police told the Hollywood Reporter. Here's what I want to ask everyone: Martial right law. We are declaring martial law. Here's what I'm I don't say. know what that means. <laughs> I'm going to say this, Andy. You're you're spot on. I know we have a lot of best friends on the East Coast. Okay, sure. and uh, I respect you all, and I thank you so much for all of your support you've shown us. And I love the fact that you guys watch our shows. But you have fundamentally failed humanity today. You understand that you have let Wait, a national treasure. It, Nick. You have let a national treasure, Rick Moranis, get attacked on your streets. This was on your watch. If this shit happened in San Francisco. Greg Miller have to carry across from the sunset all the way to the to the bay. Thank you, Nick, you thank you very much. Going of crowns on his head, Rick Moranis, treasure, left the start. Let, had some personal stuff happen. Had to leave. He's coming back, and this is what he gets. And and the best friends on the East Coast. You guys didn't help him. I want you to form a squadron of protectors around Rick Moranis anywhere he goes, whether he likes it or not. Get out there, protect this man. Yeah, he's one of the Nick, original Ghostbusters ish. Nick, I want yes. I want you to understand. I want you to know mm-hmm. that you started talking, and I was horrified by what you're saying. Where I was just like, "Is Nick about to try to galvanize a group?" <laughs> I was no, I was of our, Nick the of whole our audience to go fight someone because like, let's not do this. But no. You before that, you just turn on them. <laughs> you blame <laughs> them <laughs> for this attack. Oh, I don't know man. which of those is worse. I don't know which I'd prefer less. Uh, what is our favorite but, movie with Rick Moranis in it? Just uh, honey, right. honey, we shrunk ourselves. Okay, that's a good yes. Underrated, underrated. <laughs> I just watched uh, Rick Moranis in uh, one of my favorites of his, My Blue Heaven, which is him oh. and uh, Joan Cusack and Steve Martin. It's a great, silly, fun. Just if you need a fun little goof laugh, watch yeah. it this weekend. Taking back, taking back Sunday song. Uh, I want to, I I think we do. I'm with you all the way, Nick. Like, I don't, I know Tim's kind of attacking you for your views, but I, I'm totally with you. I think we, first off, it is the East coast best friends fault. So all Mm -hmm. of you Mm -hmm. hold yourself accountable, punish yourselves, right? No more. Turn off this video. You're not allowed to listen to the rest of this video. You're not allowed to be a part of this community until you go enact revenge too far. Yeah. Too far, Andy. Too far. I'll say I'm this. a goddamn idiot sandwich right now. The least I coast. The I least coast. The right? least coast. Exactly. Andy. Also, shout exactly. out to Spaceballs. Spaceballs. Probably oh, Spaceballs is my favorite. Perfect. Spaceballs. Spaceballs. Yeah, yeah. Space, Spaceballs might be the best movie. In also, shout out to it. Yusuf HD in the chat who said, "Honey, we blew up the dude who punched him." Hell that, yeah! That Thank you. Good. There Let's you go. Poor Rick Randis. Uh, obviously, we hope he gets better. He's totally uh, fine. He tweeted. Yeah, they they tweeted out that he is totally fine. He's just a little. Kind of, he was like, I'm totally good. Everybody chill out. But Rick Moranis, we're not chilling out. We're not chilling out, Rick Moranis. We're on no. watch now. Mm-hmm. We're on watch. As we're, uh, if, if I don't see at least 400 kind of funny best friends in kind of funny shirts, scratch that, in shirts for any of our competitors, roaming the streets <laughs> of New York, 
<laughs> put on a rooster teeth shirt <laughs> and I just need, yeah. get down, get, just monitor the streets, guys. I I'm need saying. people in critical role shirts. I need people. <laughs> I need get people out, put your IGN in, shirt on. Get out there. I need get red and link shirt part. people out there. PD Popoff in chat says, you're right, Andy. Log enough to find the bastard that did this. <laughs> Thank you, Pop Off. Thank you. Oh, man. All right, guys. Are you guys ready to talk about The Boys? Let's do it, man. Everybody, if you have not watched episode seven of The Boys yet, turn this off right now. We're giving you ample time to switch it off to something else because we are going to go full spoiler into this bad boy. I had to watch so much of The Boys yesterday because I realized yesterday morning i was like oh shit i'm directing screencast tomorrow yeah, i'm gonna get are. spoiled so i had to watch so much of the you got caught up good you got yeah. caught up good, good for you, you. Yeah. good you're for lu- you. you're lucky though because i think that i, I mean again the critics should be thanking us right now rolling out week to week but man if i could watch like watching all these back to back to back especially this season was is would be awesome. yeah i i think yeah like uh one episode per week is definitely hurting it and it, like hurting my oh no way oh absolutely no way you know so good man no, no way i love it it's I, j- it's so there's so much content every week where it's like you you can actually sit with it a bit more and like take it all in i'm loving this man this the beginning of this episode with the whole clerk getting shot like the build-up yeah. and all of that like I'm so happy that that was just like my introduction into the world for this week. Whereas if I was just binging it, it's just kind of like going through the motions of crazy thing happening after crazy thing. That was such a powerful fucking moment, especially with where the world's at right now. This show is so special because it feels like South Park in the sense of it's addressing things that I'm like, how are they doing this? Because this seems like it's happening right now in the real world. Yeah, especially just really quick. The wait, was that? Was that last night's episode? Whatever scene with the head, uh, crazy head stuff happening. It's crazy that this that episode, was last night's episode. It's crazy that that episode went out last night with all these political people, all these people in this press conference being blown up, and then the same night, all of these people who are big political people also getting uh, uh, tested for COVID, COVID positive. Yeah. And it was just so weird that was it's happening very... the same weekend. Yeah, I mean, I think that speaks to the strength of the show, right? They have they're really in touch with the cultural zeitgeist right now. Even, I mean, the stuff that I feel like is really startling in this specific episode, and we're in full blown spoiler territory here, ladies and gentlemen. So, like Andy said, if you don't want to get the spoiled, turn it off, put your IGN shirt on, go parole the for the streets of downtown Manhattan, and and just look for Rick Moranis. And just tell them we said what's up. Um, all the stuff with Homelander and Stormfront, with all the propaganda that they put out, the thoughts and what. There's a moment where Homelander just goes, "Yep, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers," and it's so, so little casual, up, God. yeah, and belittling and just so dismissive. And I, I just you're just they're they're so perfectly set up as these characters that you have to hate. But also by the end of this, you're like, wait a minute, what what's happening? Because it, like. I mean, the last scene of this this show is is bananas. But before we get to that, we can go one by one here. Uh, their campaign, I thought, thought was insane. And then, of course, we get some some backstory with Butcher and his father. This for me, a lot of the themes of this were interesting because there's like there's the fear of of immigration, which is a theme, and then there's also like family was a big one in this one, right? We see multiple times how like fathers and sons, fathers and daughters, mothers and daughters, all of that stuff plays into this, uh, which I thought was pretty cool. But uh, the, the, the butcher the butcher storylines kind of lost me for a second and that's probably because i was also doing uh, a twitch watch party last night so i sometimes will glance at chat and then i'll kind of forget what like it's hard for me to like focus on both things or whatever but i don't know if that was just a product of me reading chat sometimes or just a product of 
uh, what's exactly happening here with Butcher and his dad? And what's also he's talking to Vogelbaum about what exactly like, that's mm-hmm. sort of those little threads were kind of getting lost on me. So I, 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 I agree. But I think the thread of Butcher being like his having first off shots, John Noble. Um, uh, I like that they have that conversation where he's like, I made you tough. And then he's like, fuck you. You're, you're, you know, he calls him a cunt about 500 times, which just Carl Urban using the word cunt is just yeah. everything. Um, and then, but, but we see what he has been made by his father and he's able to then go and threaten Vogelbaum convincingly because he is, he has been made into this like wrecking ball of a monster and he actually gets the job done, which I always think, I thought that was so interesting because you're like, on the one hand, you're like, yeah, good for you, Butcher. Get this guy to go tell the truth. But on the other hand, he did it by pretty much tapping into that dark part of his soul caused by his father and threatening to kill. Like that moment where he's like, I'm going to go into that next room and I'm going to bash your brains out. And then I'm going to find your sons and their wives and their little kitties. And I'm going to beat them to death, too, unless you do this. And and he just stares at him. And then he drinks the tea. And it was so honest. It was such an honest and real moment for him where I... I believed every oh, word totally. he was saying. Yeah. yeah. It, yeah. That seemed to me in like the whole, like the plot uh, of Butcher in a lot of ways, like reminds me of my issue with this show throughout, which is kind of like they introduce things that I, I feel like we, sh- that I'm supposed to remember You're something to remember, that I yeah. don't know where it's like, Oh, the dad's being brought up now. Like, I don't remember anything about the dad. And like, we had just met the aunts. So to now meet the mom, it just felt like a lot, but it's, the beauty of this show is anytime I feel that way within a couple episodes, it's, I I'm like, Oh, all of that was worth it. Like they, yeah. the, there's so much great character development and like the, the back and forth between butcher and his dad was so good. The one thing with the butcher storyline that I thought was weird was how they set it up with the, the idea of the Frenchman um, kind of leaving his post and causing yeah. that, the whole issue with lamplighter and all that stuff. And like yeah. then Frenchy. bringing that back and butcher kind of leaving his post and then nothing actually happening from that. Mm, interesting. You know what I'm saying? Like it was yeah. weird for them to like set it up in the exact same way and have butcher be so mad about it. And then for him to get a call from his mom and him be like, fuck, I gotta go. It's like, well, but there was some, there was a consequence. Right. Remember? Exactly. The consequence was that lamplighter went AWOL and then burned himself alive. And the one and only witness was his charred. And he goes, and then he calls in and says, I got this. I got you covered. Don't worry. I'll take care of this. But Butcher and wouldn't then, have been with Lamplighter though. That wouldn't have solved it. Butcher would then would have been with mother's milk. Well, uh, like Huey was calling Butcher because uh, when uh, they were planning to break out Starlight, his first go-to right, was to call Butcher's. Yeah, be- but because Butcher wasn't picking up, he decided to go with uh, the. He was just. He was just himself. supposed to watch porn. I know. He was just supposed to stay home and watch a fantastic par- porn parody. <laughs> it was <laughs> so, so goddamn good, man. Um, in and of itself, is eerie as shit too. Yeah, um, Tim. The you speaking about threads that come back, and you're like, oh yeah, I remember that. Can we talk about how fantastic the Almond Joy moment is? Oh, my is? God. Oh, I my mean, God. They fucking did it. <laughs> the idea that two episodes ago, Black Noir is looking and, and trying to find Butcher and asking the intern girl on the computer, we need to find Butcher pointing at the photo. I want to find him. And she's eating her Almond Joy, and he just tells her to throw it in the fucking trash. And you're like, oh, that's just a whatever moment. I didn't catch that. That's and funny. Then it, what a fucking great callback. And then the little EpiPen moment, kicking it away, being like, he has a tree nut allergy. Tree nut allergy, yeah. Just, it's, so, it, it's so stupid in the best way possible. That I, I like. I Little moments like that are what make this show really special for me, where I don't, I don't think that's a, like a... 
an Oscar award winning writing moment or anything like that, but it's just so good and so funny that you still get that awesome payoff. And that's what I think makes a show so great. Well, it, it's fun. I, it reminds like that, me the, of the, the magic Guardians. of the show is that fun and the darkest things you can fucking imagine can be in the same world. And it never comes across as like cringy corny shit. It's always like, I'm, I'm here with it. And it's because it's backed up by awesome character development across the board. Yeah, Bear, what were you gonna say? Uh, it, that moment reminded me of the uh, like the Guardians two thing, or uh, the joke of like it's not ripe yet kind of thing, where they're like kind mm-hmm. of setting up this almond joy thing, um, and then it just like has this like funny little uh, uh, payoff to it, and that's what it reminded me of. I agree, and I think that obviously the payoff for that moment was was and Tim nailed it right. The, the strength of this is the character development. It's it's the Maeve storyline coming and having her have some level of dude. It hurts, uh, man. Yeah, it's it's I mean, her storyline is very tragic. And, you know, we have her girlfriend leaving her in this and her having to deal with that. But then, of course, she gets a little bit of a redemption arc here coming and helping Starlight. And you're like, where's she going to go next? We don't even know. She's like, I'm not going with you. I'm just I got to go my own way. Um, Backing it up a little bit. And you want to talk about why the strength of the show to me can be summed up in really one scene. So Homelander decides to bring his new girlfriend home to introduce to his son. Right. And there's a moment where you can feel uh, the, the, his real mother losing control and it's terrifying. It's terrifying to think that anyone could just walk into your house and, you know, have, have agency over your child. But there's a moment where they walk out and she goes, I need to talk to you right now. They go outside and she goes, what are you doing? You can't do this. Like you of all people should understand what it's like to have a mother who cares and like shelters you and cares for you. And, and Homelander in a very real moment looks at her and goes, you don't understand what you're doing to him. They lied to me my entire life, and look how fucked up I am. He's going to be scared of the world. He's not going to understand anything, and he's going to hate you if you keep lying to him. And it's this very real, like, oh, shit, I never – like, that's such good writing where you can take a character that's so, like, terrible, like Homelander, Awful, and, yeah. and humanize him for just a moment for me of being like, oh, I'm the way I am because of what you're doing. Your best intentions might lead him to becoming me. And mind you, 50% of him is full of shit. It's just like a power move. But there's a little bit of truth to it, right? It, it, I, th- I thought that scene was so fascinating. And of course, then he can't oh, yeah. ask the kid. Like, I thought that scene, yeah, I totally agree with you. I thought that scene was great. I, It really reminds me of just sort of when you start to sympathize with the villain. It reminds me of, it reminds me of Killmonger and Black Panther. When you're just like, you know what? You're right. Like, you're killing aunties and shit. You're fucking, you know, like, you're, I mean, you're committing yeah. murder against people that don't deserve it a lot of the time. But right here in this moment, I totally agree with you where this is it definitely is a power play. It is a power move. Like a lot of it is just more uh, a lot of it is you being selfish, but you're making a point about, you know, this kid being lied to and it being the wrong thing. Now, you're also going to have him being brought up in a house full of nazism yeah which is super Nazis. which is even worse yeah <laughs> but like you you definitely i certainly felt for homelander in that moment i thought that was a really good interesting scene and then just seeing the heartbreak from uh the real mom what's her name uh i want to say it was brand but I, that could be getting that wrong that might be the actress totally anyway just just her heart yelling out like fuck i rebecca, can't believe rebecca, it. That's what it is. Thank rebecca you. like her yelling out he's gone i can't like my son is now gone and what are the ramifications ramifications from that? What's going to happen with her? Where like it's just, this show just this show continuously asks questions and makes you ask questions and then eventually does answer them, which is why I've been really really happy with it. So I'm really excited to see where those storylines end up.
Totally. And and with that, something that's really cool is within the last, it might even have been last episode, but the last two episodes for sure, we're introduced to a couple storylines that we still don't see the end of, like with the, the heads popping at the end. We know who's doing it. Like we saw them at the end of the last episode, but it's like, where are they? Why? No, do they? How? No, 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 no. Is it though? So yeah, exactly. I, I thought it was obviously when we see, we saw the head pop from the one home girl in episode two, um, or episode three or whatever. One, yeah, we're one. one. So it was yeah, we one. saw the, the, first episode. the CIA agent. We, we see the head pop. And then obviously we go into uh, Grove Shady. What, what's it called? Shady whatever. Grove. We go into that. In, we go Grove. into that uh, in ta- that facility and we see Cindy exploding a full body. And it's, it's the full body compared to the actual head of the first uh, lady that we saw. Right. Mm-hmm. And then so immediately I think, oh, that's the same person exploding the exploding these people or whatever. And then we see her on the loose at the end. So you got to wonder what's that storyline going to lead up to. But I don't see Cindy working for totally not yeah. for these people. And, and, and the fact that it was so targeted, it was so chaotic. Like the idea that it wasn't everybody's heads getting popped off. It was just, it was just all the people who needed people, their heads yeah. to get popped off. That's why I don't think it's Cindy. And the idea is that it was just their heads, yeah, where it, Cindy was exploding full bodies. It, yeah. um, someone in the chat makes a good point of, like, they would have gone after uh, Stormfront as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. And yeah so. It's interesting. But another one that I want to bring up was, uh, like, Maeve and Deep, where Maeve had that conversation with Deep of, like, hey, you're going to need a woman, like, backing you up when she went to the church to talk to right. her. Mm-hmm. And, like, did anything come from that yet? No, it no. did not. So, well, no, no, it did. I'm sorry. You're gonna need a woman backing up. She, he gave her the the camera stuff, and that was the kind of. We haven't seen anything come from that though yet, right? No, she had like her whole thing is that she wants to take that to Homelander to leave her alone. He right, does she's gonna blackmail she'll, she'll uh, send it to CNN, um, and it's because of that video uh, that the the girlfriend has been kind of grappling with being uh with with Maeve and that's why she has kind of that's left why she bounced. uh yeah and so I'm, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm totally with Zach we were talking about this last night during the watch along where uh we saw a train's replacement shockwave get his head exploded too so that's why I do think it is the church of the collective oh. uh somehow behind it because they keep telling a train we're gonna get you back You're in gonna seven. we're gonna get you back yeah. in and then we see Shockwave's head get exploded, along with a, a lot of other random people. Uh, but the idea that this could be A-Train's way back in, possibly being uh, a mole, you know, in the Seven, um, I think is it, is a really cool possibility. Well, yeah. we're going to have to wait until next week when we see, uh, we talk about Episode 8, the season finale of Season 2 of The Boys, called What I Know. That's what it's called. So I, I do want to say Lamplighter's Suicide was just like was such a, a dark <laughs> moment that I, I you got the feeling something was up. Again, I, I love those moments in movies and shows that I, I always bring up where, you know, it's obvious something fucked up is about to happen. I always think of the Sept blown up in Game of Thrones where there's this long lead up to it and you think – like things are too positive for something good to actually mm-hmm. happen, Red and for him to see the, the and go, they replaced my statue. Damn it! I wanted to do it in front of my statue, and you go, oh like, no, oh, no. What, what is he talking about? And then he's like, I just wanted to make my dad proud, or whatever he said. Like, mm-hmm. oh my god, it's such a like a it's such a heartbreaking moment for a character that we didn't really see that much of, That's but great. we know 
we know the pain that he was going through. It's it's really really another beautiful moment of levity when after it's done and the the water stops flowing. Huey looks at me. He's like. Fuck you, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck himself. And, and I got to get up. the hand, which just then becomes oh, hand. like a disgusting, this horrible, another disgusting moment of the boys saying like, hey, we're gross, too. We're not just, yeah. you know, we're also going to make you laugh with sort of disgust and be like, oh, come on, dude. I don't want to see bones and fucking <laughs> fibers and shit. So terrible. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you had some fun thoughts about uh, the boys episode seven, season two, episode seven, uh, which you have shared with us on patreon remember if you guys want to be a part of this show you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny back us at the five buck or above tier and let us know what you're thinking about all the stuff we're talking about do you think we've as a society fundamentally failed rick moranis let us know over on patreon or tweet <laughs> at tweet at greg and say get your shit together uh let's see uh tenza has says wow i can't believe how terrifying that episode was from homelander introducing stormfront to his son to the appearance of the nitro rifle showing up at the end clicking heads and ripping them to shreds i think <laughs> they did a great job of building up hope at the end and then ripping it away like homelander ripping ripping a son away from becca uh which was heartbreaking p.s i still like the deep but he is hilarious and he is uh is black noir as is black noir's weakness uh and then will loomis wrote it and said hey spooky month means spooky movies right i would love to watch a weekly or maybe just a couple of twitch movie parties uh of horror movies this month that's a fun idea well maybe maybe we can get that going and then of course um someone else wrote it dennis j wrote in uh, non sequitur from uh, from either of those and said in case nick hasn't seen it yet uh there's a new trailer for the u.s release of lupin the third uh the cgi movie and it looks amazing Ooh. i watched it this morning it looks dope well, i'm excited for that that's really really like, cool awesome. good to know i i do want to just also point out that we got our like that was our red wedding moment of, of totally oh my yeah. God. just everybody getting murked i i mean such a moment of here's where we're going to get them and then that look on butcher's face at the end and some people some people in my chat were like what do you think that look meant do you think do you think it's a all hope is lost and to me it's like no this is butcher saying like all right i'll fucking do it myself like this is the thanos putting on the glove moment or the the gauntlet moment i think it's like butcher saying all right we couldn't do it the we couldn't do it the right way so now we're gonna do it my way and i I, like it's so exciting yeah andy i just got chills from that it's so sick dude well we'll have to see next week ladies and gentlemen join us for the season excuse me series season finale of the boys uh next week we'll be back on friday with this same crew gentlemen thank you so much for joining me today uh remember if you are listening to this on podcast services make sure you uh make sure you tell a friend give us a little high rating there and uh and, and share this bad boy and then of course if you're watching this on youtube let us know what you think about the the shocking assault on rick moranis and whether or not uh <laughs> we should hold we should all go to the store right now buy kind of funny t-shirts and then just roam the streets of new york just looking for starbucks uh until next week i've been nick that's been andy that's been tim and he's been barrett and we'll see you online